But I was thinking today, you know, one thing I'm really excited about, about this house that we're about to move to. Oh, before, congratulations, oh, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Uh, is I just can't wait to still not have phone signal at my house. Because <laughs> <laughs> so he's still living in Fairfield. Yeah. Got to yeah. get on that Wi-Fi calling. I know. I, I think I think Verizon has plotted against AT&T and everyone else to I not have to signal over there. The AT&T guy just came to my house the other day. I think he was trying to sell AT&T. And then uh, he's like, who do you use for your ISP? And I was like, uh, you guys. And he was like, all right, everything working out for you guys and stuff. And I was like, yeah. Um, after like five minutes of talking about AT&T, I was like, what are you trying to sell me? Like, I already, like, <laughs> I, I, I just straight bought. up asked him. I was like, what, so what are you trying to sell me? He's like, oh, nothing. You know, just checking on you. Um, I was like, there's no way you're going around the neighborhood. Just checking. <laughs> yeah. He's like, if, if you don't have AT&T, I'm, I'm selling something else. But he's like, yeah, what's the, like, is it working? I was like, yeah, I mean, we have fiber, but I do a speed test and I don't get anywhere near the thousand down i'm yeah. supposed to get i get like 80 down which is fine but kind of feel like i'm getting a little not the best but anyways like when i was thinking of that wi-fi calling you have to use wi-fi calling it yeah. <laughs> if you live in fairfield because when we didn't have internet during uh ice gate 2021 <laughs> um, <laughs> it has so many names <laughs> what, what are people actually calling it i've uh, i've heard snowpocalypse the most oh, but i've also heard of snowvid and snowvid. ice gate <laughs> yeah ice just gate. it just uh, there's a lot of names for um it. I, th I can't call it snowpocalypse because that's like an event we do at church yeah right yeah, like well yeah yeah we used to i don't know if they still do it it's a kids event yeah bring anyways. snow here to houston where it never comes except now it comes yeah, yeah. I, anyways like we didn't get have service when we didn't have internet yeah. and i was wondering if like we're just so used to wi-fi calling that we don't know what it's like to use lte or whatever <laughs> yeah they used to have those boxes right like the um something they put in your house to enhance the Signal, I, I don't know. It's it, Fairfield signal is awful. And so oh. if you lose internet, it, you can't call the internet company and be like, hey, my internet's out because you don't have a signal. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big Sue podcast intro. I talked to the guy anyways, and I was like, hey, man. Yeah, most people don't have. He's like, do you guys use this for cell? I was like, yeah, we do. Any problems? And then I realized we don't actually use AT and T for cell. So I didn't mean to lie to him, but um, he's like, does it work? I was like, no, man. Like nobody around here really gets cell service. And uh, I'm like, you know what you need to do? I was like, you need to build you a. <laughs> um, you need to build you a cell tower. If you just built a tower right on the outskirts of Fairfield, every single person, we're talking hundred thousand people would switch to your provider. Yeah, oh, yeah. Instantly. And you could charge 50% more too cuz like let's just have cell service and everybody would want it. Yeah. And so I think it's crazy that such a developed area doesn't have yeah. cell towers. Well, I remember when we first moved into our house, we were trying to set up the internet and so we'd we only get signal in one spot in the middle of our backyard. And so we'd go out there and we'd talk to him for a minute on the phone and then we'd have to run inside and do something with the internet. And then we'd have to run back outside and ask for the next oh step. <laughs> it was a process, <laughs> but, so, you know, um, it's their worst problems to have for sure. <laughs> First world problems. Yeah. Welcome to the community of faith podcast. I am Jacob and I'm Bertie. And, uh, we're here to just talk about life and, break down this last Sunday's message. And so um, before we get into that, we have a new segment that we are calling Hot Take. Hot Take. We don't have a little jingle for it. Hot Take. Um, so, um, Bertie, um, what's, your, what's your hot take for this week? My hot take. So I was thinking about it on the way here. And it is that 
I don't know what they're called. Maybe you can inf- inform me. But the in between, like a crossover car, it's not a sedan, but it's not an SUV. Yeah, like a uh, crossover sport utility vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Those are the worst of both worlds. They're, they're. I don't understand why someone would ever want one of those. And I lump my wife into that too. She really wants one of those cars. I just think they're. It's it's the not good parts of a sedan and not good parts of like a big tank of a vehicle. Like mm-hmm. you 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 pay you pay for a really big car and then you have slightly more space than a, a sedan. And so I just I don't understand why people would get those. That's yeah. that's mine. And I think it's mostly because that's a conversation that's in my house almost every day. Like oh, oh. you know we could get one of these. My wife wants one too. It's yeah. It's so it's got just two rows of seats like a sedan and then like what a little bit more space yeah, in like the trunk. It, it's like a hatchback. A little bit more vertical space. But twice as expensive. Yeah, that is kind of weird. What are some other things that are just bad hybrids? I don't know. Bad hybrids. Uh, Because I feel like that's got to be a common theme, right? Like, kind of instead of being the best of both worlds, it turns out to just be the the worst (laughs) of both worlds. Get the the bad and the bad. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's there's some great examples. I'm I'm sure they're there. Yeah. my um, I've got two spicy takes, two hot takes. Um. I'm trying to think of which one I should go with. Which one is? Uh, wh- what's the word? Uh, all right, I'm just going to do them both, you know, because okay. this is my podcast. I get to do them both. So <laughs> spicy take number one, hot take, hot take. is um, So SpaceX the other day just did their testing on their BFR. You know, they had it land or whatever. I don't know if you saw the video. And so I was reading in a little bit on, you know, what it kind of the, wh- what their plan was, you know, nowadays. And so. Um, I was reading on their like, you know what they what they plan to do in the future, and it was like, oh, we want to do Mars, and we want to do like kind of excursions to the moon, you know, just for like vacation kind of thing, you know, kind of slingshot around the moon, yeah, just to kind of see it and hang out in in uh, zero g. And so uh, they said, but but make no mistake, like one of our things that we're thinking about, like one of the driving forces, isn't like you know how can we learn about space or how can we like colonize Mars. It was like how can we have fun. So like yeah. one of their they want to like, you know, make it recreational, which I thought was so interesting. And so, um, my hot take is, uh, if we're going to be you know going into zero G in space, like in our lifetime, was like, okay, well, what do we want to do in zero G? And yeah. so um, I just made a list of stuff that would be fun to do in zero gravity. Um, so I'm just going to read them. It's uh, do flips and stuff. I mean, that would be like the first thing that I would do is flips like, and know, stuff. Just flips and stuff. Do you, you know, do you like, define stuff or just is it just uh, you know kind like of like a flip barrel barrel rolls? Okay, um, yeah. you know, different kinds of flips. Like you get dizzy because you couldn't stop yourself. Oh, for sure, you need a spotter. Um, toss food into your mouth. You know, like kind of like throwing grapes into each other's <laughs> mouths, but like it yeah. would just go on a beeline. Yeah, uh, it sounds like a choking hazard. I don't know if the Heimlich maneuver works in space, but you know, I would definitely try it. Um, play freeze tag because uh, it would be really difficult. Oh, and really be, fun. Yeah. You know, I don't know how you freeze, but it'd be really fun to play tag in zero gravity. Um, I thought about having a pool party, and then I was like, I think everybody would uh, have a really hard time breathing if we tried to have a pool party <laughs> in zero G. I just like I was like, oh, a pool party would be sick, and oh, I was like, wait party. a minute, that wouldn't really necessarily work. Um, yeah. So I don't know, um, but you know, I think uh, I would want to uh, let some pigeons loose in zero gravity okay because I, I can they fly in i, I think yeah, so I right know. like there's still air do they have their little like space helmet on too though so they can yeah I, well we would have oxygen like oh, in yeah, the right, zero g right. thing yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but you know i think that like it's not like it's a vacuum so they should their wings should still like go up against the air yeah but they're also in zero g so it's like how would they navigate 
you know, I don't really know. Yeah, I assume that it could get around better than humans, but I think it would just be fun to watch and just you know, release a bunch of doves at the same <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and then their poop would be flying around everywhere, I guess. Oh, that wouldn't fine. be fun. Yeah. Um, nope. High stakes dodgeball. <laughs> What's high stakes? Uh, medicine balls instead of dodgeballs. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be intense and zero gravity. Like, let's yeah. all admit it. And then my last one on the list is uh, puppies and kittens. Because, like, puppies and kittens are already amazing. And so, imagine them floating around. Yeah, what would make it even better is puppies and kittens in zero gravity. So that's yeah, my hot yeah, take. Yeah. Hot take number one. Yeah. Um, hot take number two comes from a, a news article that I read. Um, I've always kind of had this hot take about gators. You know, the kind of masks that it's like a stretchy. It's like a book cover from when we were in high school, but yeah. goes around your neck. Um, I only see one like type of person wear those, and I think I've come to the conclusion. I could be wrong. I've come to the conclusion they are just scarves for men who don't. Quote, wear scarves. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, that's like, fair. I know this isn't a scarf. This is a it, gator. It's a gator. Like we like uh, we give it a cool manly word for it. Like it's really just a scarf. But like, you know, we don't wear scarves around here. Yeah, I don't wear a scarf. And so, uh, yeah, it's like uh, we got to give it a manly name. We got to call it a gator. Um, sorry, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody in particular. I think they look cool. Um, but fact, you're um, kind of wearing one right now a little bit. This is a bandana. Oh, it looks like a, a panuelo. It looks like a scarf slash gator. Oh, it's definitely a bandana. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I already thought it was kind of funny that like a very kind of specific type of person was wearing this gator situation, um, and I thought it was funny that they weren't called called scarves because I mean I grew up from Chicago. Men wear scarves like you have to, um, yeah, or else you're gonna freeze. It's cold. But uh, down here, like I just don't see guys wearing scarves, and I think there is a little bit of a like a I don't wear scarves. I'm a man kind of thing to it. I could be wrong, but. Um, I saw this study, and this is actually brilliant, brilliant study. Um, these people had people wear different types of masks and, like, talk into this kind of container that had, like, some kind of black light to where you could see their spit, like, glowing, right? So they, like, put it under some st- specific light with a black backdrop drop, and shot it with the high-speed camera. And uh, you could they could analyze all the water droplets to see which mask is the most effective at containing the yeah. virus from the person who's wearing the mask. And I was like, this okay. is really helpful, you know, because there's all kinds of different masks. And if you want to know the list, the number one was the N95 without the ventilator, number one at okay. releasing particles. Number two was the medical style mask, the little three-way, you know, the the blue or the black, yeah. little mm-hmm. kind of reusable, med- uh, but disposable at the same time, medicine masks. Okay. Number three, as most effective, was the homemade three-layer masks. Okay. Number four was a bandana. So I'm pretty low on yeah. the list wearing this bandana now. Sorry, everybody yeah. around me, stay six feet away. So would this be the medical? That's one? the medical mask. Okay, yep. The, one I have. the light blue and white blue. is the typical okay. color. Yep. Okay. Number, I don't know what number on, the one after the bandana was the N95 with the ventilator. Apparently, a Which lot of. Which is like what everyone was wanting to get. A lot of spit goes out of the ventilator, little button plastic thing. Oh, and so, um, <laughs> so it was like, oh, I'm extra prepared. I'm, it, I'm they said, because uh, they went into analysis and they said, like, it's great for like filtering particles. Like, if you were sanding some wood or something like that, oh, yeah, okay. you can breathe better. But I mean, it makes um, sense. I apparently, just... like, it just didn't contain the, uh, the, you know, what do they call them? Moisture, what, water, little droplet. I forget what they call them. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, and anyways, last on the list was the gator. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And the no, crazy no. thing about the gator, um, was they didn't they didn't like uh, analyze this to to make a specific conclusion, but they observed that the particles from the gator coming out of the person speaking were smaller because they were passing through the way they passed through the gator it split them up 
and they hung in the air longer than the bigger particles from the oh, other good. masks. That's helpful. And their conclusion <laughs> was that it was more effective at spreading the virus than not wearing a mask at all because they did that as a as a what do you call it a control. Mm. And so, um, <laughs> this is actually... if you know somebody who wears a gator, you know maybe stay six feet away. Yeah. Um, so I thought we would uh, have some fun with that since uh, we now have dropped our our mask mandate in Texas. So yeah, on Wednesday, right? Yeah. So um, yeah. if you see somebody not wearing a mask, just remember that it'd be worse if they were wearing a gator. <laughs> <laughs> it could always be worse. It could be yeah. worse. Um, so uh, that was hot take. Trying to have some fun here. We also want to. Uh, to break down this message from this last week and so uh birdie why don't you take us away wes was up uh up on stage wrapping up our series called hope for your home talking about our futures talking about how there is hope for our future how we can have hope and who we are in christ um, and god's plan for us and so we're just gonna kind of talk a little about talk a little bit about what um what was said and what we can glean from from wes's words yeah yeah absolutely uh well we walked through just like jacob said uh, hope for my future uh, was really r- wrapping up this series of having hope in our homes, hope for our homes, and talk through the story of of Noah uh, in Genesis six through eight. I would encourage you to read that. I guess six through ten. I'd encourage you to read it, uh, look that over if you haven't already. Uh, I know you referenced some parts of it, but really three uh, three specific takeaways from it that he walked through. All that centered on this idea of having hope filled realism. So I know some people say um, I'm a realist, which is just a positive way of saying you're you're pessimistic. <laughs> I feel like um, I say that. Take, I say it too. Take. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot take. <laughs> um, but just yeah, a positive way of saying that. But but ultimately saying that we can have hope-filled realism, and that starts out. Quest was saying with uh, it's it's active, and so this kind of realism it's moving, it's it's doing something. Even looking at Genesis chapter six, seeing that Noah. Uh, that God told him to do things, and it specifically says in verse 22 that Noah did these things according to everything that God commanded him, so he did. And so w- what Noah did was he took God's words and he reacted, uh, you know, he, uh, and really what, what God's inviting us to do is to react as well, um, to to be active with, with what we have before us, in front of us, really as we think toward the future of what's what's upcoming, and and really asking us that question, what what is God asking us to act on right now, um, and, and, and uh, yeah, and pursue after yeah, so I, I think that's interesting. Um, a lot of times, like if I were just to think about the word hope, I wouldn't necessarily pair it with action. You know what, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. kind of like, I hope that this happens. You know, I have a positive outlook on my future. I guess my question is kind of what are some ways, like how do we put hope into action or like an example yeah, I, mean, I don't mean to to put you on the spot, but well, it's a, I mean it's it's a good question for us to ask. I, I mean, how do we how do we act on that hope? Um, and I think ultimately, uh, as we even even as we think through um, some different things in our lives, I think it's just taking a step that we know we've needed to take a step for a while. I mean, I th- I think of of um, even implementing some sort of spiritual discipline, whether it's read your Bible in the morning, just acting on it instead of saying, "Oh, I'll do it." tomorrow mm-hmm. you know because tomorrow's when all the good things happen because <laughs> it never comes man i'm so i'm so impressed with uh future jacob yeah and like past jacob always just lets me down you know oh yeah 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 past <laughs> birdie is awful i don't like that guy you can blame him for everything <laughs> um, but you know future birdie hasn't really done anything wrong yet has he no but he'll uh pa- but past birdie will uh will make many mistakes and let yeah. current birdie down 
That's funny. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it could look in a lot of ways, but I think I think having a discipline um, for me, uh, honestly, the one I've been working on recently, it, it, putting this hope filled realism into action is to do something that's uncomfortable, and that's difficult for me, but I know could be helpful. And it's journaling. Um, just trying to write down that conversation with God, I, I think if I know for myself, my mind tends to wander uh, and go away whenever I'm trying to dedicate some time, spending time with God. And uh, if I write it down, then it's it's less likely that my mind wanders. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it could look like a lot of ways. But that's that's one example for me right now of, of just saying I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put action to this. I know that that's an issue for me. Let me do something about it. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess Wes did say, I think, towards the end of his message that, like, hope is an action. Like yeah. it, it is, it is an action verb. Um, and I, I haven't necessarily been inclined to think that way. And it's interesting what I do cause it kind of changes, I guess the way I see my future. Um, and it's less about something that I like that. My future is some reality that I wish happens or comes true or is relatively safe and relatively good and relatively happy. Um, but maybe it's something that I'm needing to build, you know, yeah. that I play a bigger part than I would have originally thought in creating um, and how my decisions affect my future and how my priorities affect my future um, and how I spend my time affects my future. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting that into action. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, 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 uh, you said it great. And just that uh, I hope this happens. We'll, we'll do something, you know, make yeah. <laughs> take a step toward that instead of just thinking oh this would be cool um if this happened one day and, he, and even saying build something that was that was the second point he had hope build realism build something uh and that god gave noah some specific instructions on what to do on what to build uh building the ark um so they could uh you know survive you know make it and so um calling him to build that boat to uh preserve his home to preserve what it is that he had for him and and seeing that realism uh, this kind of realism it takes time it takes energy and it costs something you know it, it it does take time to build it doesn't just happen overnight and i think i think putting that into perspective helps me see you know whenever uh i want to see results you want those immediately right you want the immediate gratification especially in our culture um, but realizing yeah. it, it takes time and so work toward it every day you know I like how you say like in our culture i was talking about this with my home team this week totally different passage but um we were kind of talking about the lies that culture sells us on and like kind of how the world has this incredible like PR department <laughs> that's like hey do this do that buy this you know instant gratification um, and that there are all these lies that like the Bible just you know contradicts like it's you know hey more money will make you happy you know but how are there there's so many suicidal billionaires and depressed millionaires and a new job will make you happy, and that's what you said before you went into the last job. And <laughs> yeah, a new relationship will make you happy. And, like, we've heard that, like, a hundred times, and it's like, pursue happily ever after. If it's worth doing, or if it feels good, it's it must be right, you know? Or if it if it's really difficult, it must be wrong. But, like, mm. you know, the, the, the Bible's saying, like, no, there's, like, difficult things in life that are worth pursuing. Um, and, like, here with no, it's like, this probably didn't feel good at all, like, I was just saying, like, they're really far away from a body of water. Like, the amount of faith this would take to go bankrupt to spend, what, decades building a giant boat <laughs> on, yeah. like, the on the whim that, like, I don't know, this voice in my head or this, this guy that I'm following is, like, is all real. And, 
yeah, it's a, it was super, I like the whole story of Noah is counterculture, right? Like yeah. you see all the people who are ridiculing him um, during the process, but. And not knowing what was to come, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it, it yeah, it, it takes time. It, even, even what, uh, one thing I was talking to my home team about this last week was we were talking through the idea of, of certain spiritual disciplines that uh, we can put in place and those do take time and, trying one that's hard for us or that's difficult and no one no one likes disciplines <laughs> uh i mean we want the result of it we don't really want to do the work to get there uh and a, a lot of times at least i'll speak for myself i don't like having disciplines or doing them i like the result of them but oh, me too man the process of building them <laughs> it's uh, why i don't work out yeah uh, it's, <laughs> it's hard you know but yeah I, this is okay this is exactly what we talked about with my home team because we're reading uh first timothy four and it's like the, the, the whole thing I was just talking about is like have nothing to do with godless myths, you know, but be nourished on the truths you follow kind of thing where it's like, what's a true versus like, what, what does God define as truth versus what, like who's defining truth for us? Is it like the news and Facebook and our boss and our girlfriend and whatever? Um, but the second part of that is like, uh, but rather train yourself to be godly for physical training is of some value, but um, training for godliness, um, like, it has value for all things holding promise for both this life and the life to come. And it's just like this realization that I don't know what that means, but the very next line is this is a trustworthy state statement that deserves full attention. And it's like training for godliness is going to have some kind of value in the afterlife. Mm. Like, and I don't know how, but clearly physical training doesn't the way that Paul is saying this to Timothy. So don't exercise. No, no, it's of some value. <laughs> it's of some value. Paul <laughs> says it's of some value. Yeah, yeah But we're not going to get up to heaven and like be flexing around and like it's going to have value in in the kingdom. But godly training for godliness will. And I don't know how, but apparently it's going to matter. And it really kind of makes me like take a step back and be like, you know, am I am I trying to look good? Am I spending time trying to look good? Or am I trying to look like God? Because two of those things have value now. But one of those things is going to have value for the rest of the rest. Yeah. And, like, I mean, it's 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 sobering. It's not really scary, but it's kind of scary. Um, but, man, it really makes me think, you know. It makes me, like, because I'm the same way as you, man, where it's like, I would love the results without the work, without the discipline, without the training. But just like physical training, training for godliness, as, as Paul puts it in First Timothy, it's like, it's like a... There's no, it's not cruise control. Like as soon as you let off the accelerator, like you're you're slowing down. Like no one's j- just like no one's ever gotten in shape and then stopped working out and stayed there. No one has like got to this place in their in their faith journey and they're just like I made it. You know, like me and God. Like I'm gonna stop praying. I'm gonna stop living in community. I'm gonna stop reading the Bible and I'm just gonna stay here. Like it doesn't work now, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, man, it's. It is scary because if you do know yourself and if your your discipline is low and if your work ethic's low, like it's harder for us. Or if you're like me and you're like that and then you also don't like to read. Like I don't like to read for fun. And so but I have to read the Bible. I can't use that as an excuse because I see fruit in my life because I read the Bible and the way that I respond to situations and the way that I treat my wife, all kinds of things. And so um, if you're like me and you have like really low propensity for discipline and you don't like to read, like we have it cut out hard, but we cannot use that as an excuse. Absolutely. Yeah. And, well, and even if you think about the results that we want to see, spiritual results, I mean, I, I think even though it's so easy to push off, like it can be the last thing on our list of, oh, yeah. well, you know, I need to, I need to spend 
some time reading my Bible or I need to spend time doing this. But, like, it's the first thing to go because we think, oh, I'm busy. And we'd even give up that before exercise a lot of the times because you're like, well, there's a – even though it's – yeah. It's time. It's a discipline. I can still see results. And sometimes like, I don't see anything happening whenever I'm reading the Bible, you know, because it seems so far mm-hmm. off and uh, it's so easy to push off. But uh, the, the irony of that is like, it seems like the reason why we might put it off is because the consequences, like if we don't finish the report for our boss, like there's going to be consequences the next day. Right. Yeah. If we, you know, don't eat right and don't work out for a year, like there's going to be consequences you know, we're going to, we're going to be less healthy. Um, but with this, it's like we don't we don't notice the consequences for a long time until we're like hitting rock bottom. And we're just like, what happened? Or we don't think of the consequences. And the irony is that like this is the only thing with eternal consequences, <laughs> based yeah. on that First Timothy four and like eternal consequences. And so, so quite important. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But just so uh, just baffling how we all treat, I mean, myself included. Like I don't know. We're we're yeah. we're far away from from this now but um well, i love talking yeah. about it well it, it, i mean and, and I, th- I think the question for everyone listening is uh, what 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 do you need to act on right now uh to have hope build realism and what what do you need to work toward building no one's going to take time what what discipline should you work toward um realizing the the weight the gravity of it it's not something to put off uh i, I think um Again, it, uh, this is a physical a physical example, but <laughs> someone said before, I don't remember where it was, who it was. I'm sure you guys have heard something s- similar. But if you don't make time for your health now, you're going to have to later. Right. So, like, if you don't if you don't exercise, you don't do those things, you're going to be forced to later because now you're sick. Instead of taking the time now to, like, build your strength up. And so, uh, in, in, in the same in the same note, like it, we could always push this off, but but find a spiritual discipline that you don't um, you don't regularly do, and and go for it. And if you don't know what those are, then just reach out. We <laughs> let's walk let's let's walk and talk through those those options, those opportunities to to do that because um, it is so so important. And I think even even understanding that that really is that's essential. Uh, that's yeah. essential for us to do. Um, Wes's final kind of point, I think it was his final point. Um, was that a hope field filled realism field. A hope fueled hope fueled hope filled realism points to to Jesus and that mm-hmm. you know that is the the ultimate like hope I guess um, I pointed people to this book uh, when I did a Facebook live situation two weeks ago I'm trying to remember exactly when I think it was hope oh for my gosh. future it might have been last week yeah um it's called Surprised by Hope by uh, N.T. Wright. And it's this whole idea of if the ultimate hope for the believer is the afterlife is heaven, right? Um, it shows how we can experience that like here and now. And that like Jesus has already started inaugurating his kingdom. You know, that's, that, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. That is the work of the church. Um, so we don't have to wait. There's this really popular idea of just kind of waiting to die so I can get off this rock, you know, mm. this beam me up, God, like <laughs> beam me um, up. Um, this is not where I belong. And like all of this, like it just kind of invaded Christianity a little bit mm. where it's like we're really just kind of stuck on this sin filled, God forsaken earth until we get to the paradise. Um, and I just think that's wrong. I feel like that we're missing out on life. We're missing out on the mission that God set in front of us and um that there is hope for the here now because of christ because of what he did on the cross 
and and covering our sin um but yeah like our still like our ultimate final hope is to spend the rest of the rest with him and it's gonna be awesome Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean everything everything rests in jesus and even thinking of end times and all that i think sometimes our first thought is oh that's scary like gloom terror Mm. scary you know um but it it's centered on hope hope that jesus came and he's coming again and there's there's more uh one one thing i I was thinking about recently um we talked about it a couple weeks ago in my home team but i was just saying that the whole idea of what is to come should bring us hope uh, and also a sense of responsibility and that we have we have a part that god has asked us to play in it you know in obedience to him following after what he has for us but knowing that um What's cool is even as we're going about this and following Jesus, that there is the responsibility to share who he is with other people and anticipate his his return, share that hope with other people, but also realizing that it's not all on our shoulders, that we have the spirit to guide us and to walk with us as our advocate, advocate, advisor, helper, you know, to, to be with us all along the way. Uh, and my encouragement would be surround yourself with people to um, push you toward this kind of uh hope-filled realism as you point people to Jesus, as you point each other, you know, good times, bad times, whatever it may be. Um, but knowing that uh, uh, hope really is understanding that the, f- the future's the future's bright in, in Jesus and uh, in, in what is to come uh, as, as we look toward that. And so that's that's something that's uh, that's exciting that we want to share with other people, knowing that uh, there's there's so much there's so much comfort that comes with that, too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. In closing, would you want to walk us through kind of the three characteristics of hope that Wes gave us? The hope is a response. Hope expands your responsibility. And hope always remains. So like how, like I think this is like a great way for us to go on from here um, with a different worldview on hope. So that's, that it's a response. Um, what does that look like? Like it's what we've been talking this whole time, like that it's a choice. Yeah. Um, that it expands your responsibility. Cause that's super interesting. I feel like I don't have a great grasp on that either. Um, and that it always remains. It's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what, it, what, it, what's your knee jerk reaction to hope, yeah. hope being a, a response, not just something that inherently exists inside yeah. of us. I, I think it, it's, it's, all of those are centered on this idea uh, in my just immediate thought on it is that we look as I, I think often specifically in our culture, we look at, at this as an opportunity for someone to give us something church. We consume it, seeing it as a response expands the responsibility and then always remaining is a sense of ownership that we need to have of our faith and sharing that with other people um, that we, we aren't just at the church to consume a product, but it's to participate in, in the selling or the giving out of it, you know, help, help people see what that hope could be in their life. Mm-hmm. Even expands responsibility. I, I think we, we, sometimes maybe we think, uh, sharing who, who Jesus is with other people's like expert mode, you know, yeah. like, it's not for me. Cause I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. Like I don't know enough yet, but you have everything you need. If you've made Jesus the boss of your life, you have the spirit alongside you. And that, like, that's what, that's what you need. Well. It doesn't mean you don't spend time learning more and, and, and and diving in deep about different books and, and theological topics and all that. That's absolutely important. But, but saying I'm not, I'm not quite to that level yet. It's just, uh, it's an excuse, you know? And so we, we have a responsibility to share that hope with other people. That's really good. Uh, so 
that's where that's why I, I would point people just take take some ownership of responsibility that God has given you uh, to share that hope with other people. Hmm. Cool. Well, um, anything else? About to get out of here. That's it. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, hope to see you next week. Kicking off a new series here, at Community Faith called light minded can't wait for it can't wait for you to be a part of it and we love you see you later Bye.